can liken it to sometimes when you're driving and there's someone on the corner asking for help. And sometimes people see the person that's there, have the means to assist them, but they just look straight ahead. I feel like so many times that's what's happening to educators. We are saying we are overwhelmed. We are overloaded. We are underappreciated. Our stress levels are at an all time high. These requirements are ridiculous. This meeting could have been an email and it's like nobody hears us. Today, we're talking with Juanita, the founder of Teacher Support Teachers, a business that provides assistance to educational frontline workers. Juanita, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Yeah, we're excited to chat with you today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business, how you got started and what you do? All right. So my name is Juanita Inez Harris. I teach kindergarten in Arkansas. And I am a new author. I'm super excited about that. I am founder and CEO of Teacher Support Teachers, which is my small business. Our mission is to live out our vision of encouraging the hearts that shape the minds. And we do that by providing one opportunity per month for self-care, not just for classroom teachers, but any educational frontline worker. And when we say that, we're covering anyone who's in a pre-K-12 setting that spends at least 85% of their instructional day with students. It looks really different from month to month. So we did Spytober in October and we just connected with teachers all over and sent them to get pedicures. We had teachers in Oklahoma. We connected with an educator in Atlanta. We had teachers in Arkansas and Texas. And on that particular day, we just asked people to partner with us, send teachers to get pedicures because in light of everything that's happening in our nation, especially in the wonderful world of public education, where I say pedicures are not a luxury. They're not. They're, They're not. And they are a necessity because if people truly knew the weight that we were under, we wouldn't ever have to ask anybody for a donation. They would just say, here, take it. <laughs> do it the way you please. But we have Spotober. We do a thank a teacher celebration every summer where we partner with the local restaurant or local caterer rather. And what he does is he sets up, he grills and teachers can just come through and get a plate. Wow. And we pay for it. We ask people, we're always asking people to partner with us to do things for educational frontline workers because we overstand much deeper than understand how much an entity like this was needed. It was birthed out of me being in a school. And although I was doing great things, winning state awards for teaching, winning local awards, um, my district teacher of the year, regional finalist for Arkansas teacher of the year, all of those things, it was like I couldn't do anything right. And so I was talking to my sister one day and I said, we need a support group because I know I'm not the only teacher who feels like this. And she said, you should start one. I said, I think I will. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I think I will. And so I connected with other colleagues from all over the state. Well, one of our board members is a former administrator. All of the other board members are current classroom teachers. We have a librarian as well, but all of us have close ties to education. And what we just do is we take a moment every month and we just let teachers know that we see them, that we appreciate them and that we care because everybody sees the great flight. Everybody sees how many educators are leaving. And there's this huge push for recruitment, bring in new teachers. And although I honor that, if we don't take time to take care of the educators who are already here, 
who's going to help train the ones that are coming because there are some things that no course can prepare you for, i.e. the pandemic. That's cool. I, 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 love, I love what you're doing. This is really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. How long ago did you start doing this? June 2019 is when everything was official, official with yeah. our Secretary of State's office. And then we had our first huge event in March of 2020. We had our first annual fundraising gala. And that's something we typically do every March. This year is going to be in June because of the way that the pandemic is really swirling here. We felt like the summer would be better. It'd be warmer. People would be more comfortable. But every year at our fundraising gala, we honor six educators and all of the awards are named after my former educators. And so the first year we actually surprised mm -hmm. them and honored them. And I'm talking my kindergarten teacher, my reading teacher, my favorite chemist in high school, my math tutor for ninth through 12th grade and college my English teacher from high school, and then one of my former youth leaders at church. We just honored them. And then every year since then, we honor educators in their name. Wow. <laughs> it feels like inspired timing, by the way. Uh, listen, and that's what I was about to say. One of the things I love about God is he seems to always put me just ahead of the curve. No one knew the week after our gala, 350 people in the room from all over the week after the gala, the pandemic hit. I was so thankful to God. I said, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be introduced to society and introduced to our community so that now moving forward, when we ask for things because of the timing of everything, people already know who we are, what our heart is for educators. And so it has not been difficult for us to get help because not only do they know what we're doing, they see what we're doing because the monies that we raise, we turn right around and put it back in our community or the communities where we're serving educators. That is great to have been out there, not as a reaction, as an early recognition of this need in general, that yes. the COVID actually just elevated it. It sure and did. What a blessing to be in position to do that. And this is more than a Facebook group. What is it that was in you that made you feel like this is going to be something that I ask people for money to support and that I'm, I'm willing to put myself and my beliefs and my feelings out there on the line to build this into more than what, you know, the everyday Facebook support group. I tell you what did it for me. One of my friends taught school in Houston and I posted something on my Facebook page. I don't even remember what it was. And she sent me a message and she said, can I call you? And I said, sure. When she talked to me about how she was being treated in Houston, it gave me chills. Because initially I was like, you know, maybe this is just me. Maybe it's just the where I'm at part of the world kind of thing. But here she is in a completely different state, in a completely different setting. And when she talked to me, it gave me chills because it was like listening to myself. And I said, this is bigger than me. And it's possible that there are other teachers across the nation that feel the same way. It's almost like I can liken it to sometimes when you're driving and there's someone on the corner asking for help. And sometimes people see the person that's there, have the means to assist them, but they just look straight ahead. I feel like so many times that's what's happening to educators. We are saying we are overwhelmed. We are overloaded. We are underappreciated. Our stress levels are at an all time high. These requirements are ridiculous. This meeting could have been an email. And it's like nobody hears us. <laughs> nobody hears us. And so as an educator, I had a burden on me to do something about a problem that I see. 
And when I, like I said, when I talked to my colleague in Houston and it gave me chills to hear her talk because it was the same thing I was experiencing, I knew then that something had to be done. You were the one to do it. Yes. Yes. And that gave me an incredible board. When the ideas are a goal, they get behind me, they support it. When they have clarifying questions, they ask the questions and we move forward. But thankfully, I've been connected and blessed with some really supportive people who don't mind helping, who also see the need. That's the biggest thing is they have buy-in. They're former educators, present educators, people who are in financial investing. So they understand the necessity of taking care of our teachers. So Juanita, you went to school, become a kindergarten teacher, and here you are a kindergarten teacher and a business owner. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that It sounds like you may have some other supporting casts helping you. Tell us a little bit about those people and how they've impacted you and helped you to develop this. Yes. So one of the things that I'm a part of is the Arkansas Education Association, which is just the association for teachers here in the state. And they sent us on a Sparks conference. Everything was free. All we had to do was get there, but they roomed us with people. And so I was nervous because I was like, Lord, you know, I don't know anybody. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to go. I saw my roommate's name and I was just wondering, like, what if she doesn't like me? I mean, all the things went through my mind. When I walked in the door, I saw this girl and she had the cutest haircut. I mean, it was just gorgeous. And so I said, I love your hair. And I told her about a possible style she could do with it. Kept right on walking. That was a board member. Didn't even know it, but that moment bonded us. So the next day when I saw her, she had her hair like I suggested, and it was just extra cute. Well, my roommate, I was talking to her, and the more we talked, the more we realized we had in common. So after everything was all over, we exchanged numbers, we kept in contact. And when I started thinking about board members and praying, trying to figure out who I could get to help me with this, her name came to my mind. I called. She didn't answer. So I sent her a message. Hey, I've got this this teacher support teachers I'm working on. I would love for you to be a board member. And she messaged me back and she said, it's ironic that you would ask me that I was in group getting prayer because things are really hard this year. She said, I'd love to be a part of it. And she was actually one of my first investors because she knew every form had a price tag associated with it. She sent me two different checks and said, if you need more, let me know. She said, I believe in the work that you're doing and I want to help you with this. And so everybody, everybody I asked said yes, except for one, actually two, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But one of the guys, he said, no, I'm not serving on any more boards. You need to go talk to Michael Rhodes. And when I went to Mike, his yes was almost immediate. And I'm telling you, everybody's yes was almost immediate because we all have buy-in. We all understand how important it is to celebrate people. Not that appreciation will fix everything that's going on. But if you see me and you genuinely celebrate me and you thank me for what I'm doing, it helps. You know, Teacher Appreciation Day, something I often share is Teacher Appreciation Day is in May. We start work in August. (laughs) And May is a long time to wait for. Thank you. We had a virtual 5K last year where we asked people all over the nation just to come outside and walk and show teachers just how many people were walking with them. We need that. We just need people to stop, you know, holding their wheels and looking away. No, this is a real problem. This is a real problem. We need support. But thankfully, I have been giving an amazing, supportive 
understanding board of directors who partners with me in every single effort. I love the passion that comes behind what you're doing here. You can feel it. And it sounds like the board is also on board. If you can, if I can say that, how different is it going from teaching school to then owning and running a small business? What surprised you about that? Because there's a lot of times we talk to people or even ourselves, we get really excited about this concept or this idea and then making that idea a reality just doesn't seem like it's an easy journey, right? It's not. My, my thinking has shifted. That's the biggest thing because in kindergarten, it's the right here, it's the right now. Of course, we begin with the end in mind. But with running a business, it's like you have to think sometimes of every possible thing that needs to be taken care of. Not necessarily everything that could go wrong, but what could keep it from going right. So I had to call the bank. I had to tell them, listen, you're going to see multiple transactions on my card within moments of each other. They're going to be in different states, but I promise you it's me because I didn't want the card to get flagged. We've got teachers in Oklahoma, a teacher in Georgia, teachers in Camden, Arkansas, Arkadelphia, Arkansas, Nash, Texas, you know, just all over getting pedicures simultaneously. But with running a business, for me, my thinking just had to shift and it had to expand And then I also had to learn how to delegate because in our classrooms, I only had an instructional aide in my room full time one year. So in my classroom, it's just me. And so I'm accustomed to, although I allow my students to shine as much as possible, if they know a thing or they understand the concept, I'm all about peer teaching, talking to your friend, helping them understand, because many times they receive the information better from one of their peers. But with this, I'm having to learn how to delegate more because it can be a lot. That first gala. Oh, I sat in my car many days. (laughs) (laughs) I sat in my car. I called my CSO, uh, my chief strategist. And I said, listen, I'm working full time. And then when I get off work, I'm going to these different places, trying to get donations for our silent auction. And it's just a bit too much. And he told me, he said, well, Nita, you need to delegate some of that responsibility. Find somebody who shares your heart, who is not working or has a flexible schedule and get them to do it. So the biggest thing and just the biggest shift is delegating more and just expanding my thinking beyond this is just right here. It's not just right here. It's much bigger. And then We're able to get support in our city. But one of the other challenges, because we're a benefit corporation, which means we're a for-profit that functions like a nonprofit. We are creating a nonprofit arm because that's one of the questions I'm asked frequently is, are you 501c3? Mm -hmm. Are you nonprofit? And we didn't go that route initially because when I read what the law said about how the money had to be spent, I said, this will be more trouble than it's worth right now. You to know. try and align those, yeah, align those expenditures exactly with your mission. Right, and so we um, are, we're in the process of doing that because we need the funds to do the things for the teachers. And so when we get everything lined up the way it needs to be, and we get our five hundred one c three status, I believe we'll see exponential growth as far as the services we provide are concerned because we don't necessarily have members per se because nobody is paying a monthly due or anything like that. If you are an educational frontline worker, if you spend at least 85% of your instruction day with children, then we serve you. No questions asked. That's great. Well, Juanita, three years into this now, if you look at your life before you started this small business, 
What personal impacts has it had on you? I really feel like when we started Teacher Support Teachers, I tapped into one of the reasons I was born. And I don't say that lightly at all. Like It gives me chills to think about Mm -hmm. it, but that's the best way I can explain it. I love to serve. I love to give. That's one of the things that fills my happiness bucket, if you will. And so to be able to do that for people who are many times overlooked, this is just what they're supposed to do. It's what they get paid to do. See, that's one of the things that people don't see is that many times when our students are having a hard time, we're behind the scenes going, making sure they have somewhere to stay, making sure they have food. And these are the things we don't talk about. We don't because it's just who we are. And there's a lot of compassion fatigue that's unaddressed. And so to have a moment, I feel like it's a gift from God, truly. And I believe that I unlocked a new level, you know, in my life or in my person, because I truly believe this is one of the reasons why I was born. That is beautiful. I can't imagine a a more impactful, impressive response to that. Well, Anita, you come across as an incredibly optimistic person by nature and also just very caring and empathetic, I would say. I'm interested, how do you deal with setbacks and with challenges that come along as far as things that come up? One of the biggest things I do is I pray. I pray and I pray a lot. And I'm getting to a place where I'm more open because I could have majored, like I have my master's, but I could have gotten my master's in internalizing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, previously I was somebody who just kept a lot of things to myself and just tried to mull them over. But like I said, with that delegating, I have a board that is strong. I have board members around me who have ideas, who have strategies, and they're also positive people. Not only are they positive, they're prayerful, and they have ideas that I don't have. And so when challenges present themselves as they do, I have a cohort of people around me that I can go and talk to and say, this is what's going on. I need your help with this. My CFO, it had to be a year, maybe two ago. Life was just hard. And I think a relative may have gotten sick or passed away and just different things were happening. And I called him and I said, listen, I need to talk to you. I need to make sure you have access to every single thing we have, because I honestly did not know how much more I was going to be able to take between personal and professional business. I said, so listen, in the event that I need you to take over all of this, I need you to have everything together. And with no judgment, he said, I got you. That was the end of the conversation. And, you know, thankfully, Things turned around, the sky was blue, the grass was green, the birds were chirping, and all was well. But in that moment, it was too much for me. And I did not know how much more I personally was going to be able to shoulder. So I talked to my CFO and he said, okay. And then at least for a week or two, maybe more, he would just consistently check on me. Hey, I'm just trying to make sure you're all right. Just make sure things are going well. (laughs) And they were. That's how I handle my tough times. I pray and I'm getting better about releasing the things that are too heavy for me to carry anyway. Yeah, that's great to share. I think one of the downsides of a small business ownership sometimes is that we have this perception that other people aren't dealing with 
similar things. You know, we look across the street and you think their business is just perfect, right? They've got everything figured out. Nobody's dealing with these things that I'm dealing with. And we pull that in and in and in, and it starts to eat at us yes. internally. And so yes. you, you saying, Hey, I have, I have a resources. I have a community here that I'm communicating with and I'm being vulnerable with, and I'm expressing how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we do that, that they're able to open up and, and support us. Right. right. Yeah. And then we, we all kind of lift together and lift each other and, what a beautiful opportunity it can become. And hopefully we don't get so caught up in ourselves that we miss that opportunity. You're right. Those internal things. I got the opportunity. We just came through love teaching week and I got the opportunity to write a piece called I see you. And that was what the whole poem was about. And then the bottom I shifted to, but remember that you're a safe space for some of your students. Remember that you are essential. Remember that what you do is essential. Remember that you're important. Remember why? Remember. And so one of the things we have to remember is that we do have a community. There are people around us, fellow business owners who genuinely care, who will leverage their sphere of influence just to be a blessing to you if you allow them to. And this is me. This is my baby. I have to fix. No, I don't have to fix it. No, I don't have to make it right because there are people who have resources I don't have, connections I don't have, knowledge I don't have, ideas I don't have. And you have to give people the chance to help you win. That's one of the things I believe because, I mean, who doesn't want to be on the winning team, really? Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to win and so giving people an opportunity to partner that's another thing that's key partnerships giving people a chance to partner with you to get the win you're giving out some really good tips for all small business owners to pick up on if you had advice for someone new getting into business what would that be the first thing is community the second is don't do it just to do it Because if you're starting a business just to start a business at the first sign of adversity, you're done. But if it taps into your purpose, if it taps into your passion, if it taps into your why, you're going to be less likely to give up at the first sign of challenges. I would also say be honest if you're going to be in business. If somebody gives you a $50 donation to do something for said entity, then use that $50 on that entity. Be intentional and serve people like you would want to be served. Or most of us, I know I miss my grandmother. Serve how you want someone to serve your grandmother yeah. or your parents, you know, someone, whoever it is that you hold in high esteem, when you have moments or produce a product, serve as if you're serving them. Great advice. That is good. Well, Juanita, we really enjoyed this time we've had together. We're inspired by what you're doing and the one question we always like to ask people is what is it that keeps you going in this business? Teachers. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am a teacher and I overstand the pandemic. It highlighted all of the things that we already knew were going on and wrong. And I love what I do, but I remember vividly sitting in my car and saying, Lord, how much do I need this job? I could be a greeter at Walmart. I could be happy. But again, teaching is another part of my why. So I knew I had to get out of my car. I had to go inside. I had to keep showing up for my students. But teachers, that is why I keep going, because I know I'm not the only one who feels this pressure, who has had to shift 
so pivot became a buzzword because we went from face to face we pivoted to a completely online model with little to no training lots of what i learned about google classroom i learned from youtube university now they did not give me a certificate and i'm okay with that <laughs> but i sat for hours at my desk watching youtube videos to learn how to navigate google classroom but that was the expectation so many times because teachers are so creative so innovative and just so forward thinking they throw so much on us and just expect us to figure it out and as long as they're doing that to educators i will always have a why because we have personal lives too we have families too we have responsibilities too and i think people miss all of that and all they see is educator and many of us are having a hard time but we struggle quietly because we're supposed to have it all together. We're supposed to be okay. We're supposed to be these wonderful role models. And many of us are, but it does not negate the fact that we're human too. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. And we really appreciate your time. Thank we, you. We're inspired by what you're doing. So keep it up and God bless. Definitely thank are. you. Y'all take care. Yeah. Thanks, Juanita. Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. Mm-hmm.